Well, we started a series a few weeks ago called The Wisdom of God. And I encourage you, if you didn't hear the first messages, go back and listen to them. We will be building on where we've come from. Of course, you can get a lot out of today's message. It, it will help you, though, if you go and listen to the previous messages. And there's are available on our website. Uh, if Let's look at Proverbs 9, verse 10. <clears throat> you can go ahead and turn there if you have your Bibles. 9, verse 10. Proverbs 9, verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It says, for by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. Verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We spent some time on that last week. It's the fear of the Lord that leads to true wisdom. That's the first step. I encourage you, if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to it. We, we touched on that and camped on that for a while. The fear of the Lord doesn't mean you're scared of God. That means you reverence Him, you honor Him. And that step, honoring and reverencing God, is the first step toward true understanding in the earth and walking in God's wisdom. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. We read this as well. It says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. There's so much in these verses, and I believe we'll unfold these as the series goes on. But let's go back and read a little bit of this and get into what we have today. Verse 6, How, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. So there is a wisdom of this age. There's a wisdom of the world. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. Let's go ahead and verse, read verse 13 as well. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches. Notice that, man's wisdom. We're not, it says, we're not speaking in words of man's wisdom, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual Let's go ahead and read 2 Corinthians 1, verse 12. It says, For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, 
but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. So making a differentiation between wisdom of man and wisdom of God. Now we, we read some definitions of wisdom and we know generally what wisdom is, but it's the ability to see past what the surface, you know, how the surface appears. It, it's, it's to be able to judge the true nature of things. You know, it, it, when, when, when somebody just naturally says somebody has good uh, wisdom or they have wisdom, it means they have good judgment, they see past things. And we, we talked about some of these definitions. One of the definitions that we read just in the Merriam-Webster di uh, dictionary is generally accepted belief. Wisdom can be generally accepted belief. We're going to come back to that one. Uh, accumulated philosophical or scientific learning, like knowledge. People say, you know, the, the wisdom of mankind or like the wisdom in a certain area of business. This is wisdom. You know, somebody will write a book and they'll, they'll say, that's the Bible in this area. You know, or that's the Bible of business or the Bible of software engineering. You know, they're referring to, in this area, this is wisdom. But that's just accumulated knowledge. And that could be wisdom in a certain area. You know, you can be wise in some area and have no clue in another area. You know, like I came, I'm, I have a background in software engineering. There's things that are just wise to do and you learn, you can learn from people. You know, there's books that, you, that are classics that you read and realize, okay, you know, don't make the mistakes they made. They, they're telling you don't do this and here's why. Well, you can read that at a young age, or you can make the mistakes yourself, and then you realize, oh, yeah, that was stupid. That was, it seemed fast, but in the end, now I see why the people that are older than me tell me to do this. You know, why you comment your code, you know, which is document the code. Well, I'm writing it. I remember, I'll remember what I'm writing, so I'll just get it done. And then six months later, you, you're looking at the stuff you wrote and have no clue what it's doing. You ever done that? got a software engineer over here. And so you realize, oh, it's wise. I, I, you got to write it like you've never seen it because when you come back, you're going to wish you would have documented it. Well, that's wisdom. Somebody may say, ah, I'm not going to do it. Well, they'll figure it out. Well, that's just wisdom in a certain area. But, you know, there's other areas, maybe in your expertise, that there's generally accepted wisdom, and I have no clue about it because I'm not in your area. You may have no clue about software engineering. I may have no clue about your area, but there's areas in humanity where there's accepted wisdom and people in the business just know or in that trade just know. But I want to focus on this one that says generally accepted belief. You know, we just read uh, in 2 Corinthians that there's, they're saying we didn't conduct ourselves with fleshly wisdom. If we can go back to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13, it said, We speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So there's, a, there's men's wisdom. And there are things in the earth that people will, if you said it, they'll go, oh yeah. It's accepted and you make a statement. And they think, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Let's read Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There is a way that seems right to a man. In other words, somebody think, oh, this is the right way. 
but in the end, it leads to death. Well, that's man's wisdom. That, those are men's ideas because God's idea will never end in death. Destruction. The, the enemy, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God does not. God's life. So ideas that eventually break down and cause harm and pain and death, those aren't God's ideas. But notice, there's a way that seems right. In other words, doesn't sound crazy. Doesn't sound like, oh, nobody would ever do that. I mean, there are ideas like that, too. There's whole, there's videos, video compilations, if you go onto, like, YouTube, of just dumb stuff people do. And some of them are funny. I mean, they're not even, you know, they just, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're going to try that? Oh, oh, that looks like it hurt. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's funny because it's happening to somebody else sometimes. Sometimes it's just cringy. It's hard to even watch. You know, some of the kids are the best. If you see kids doing something funny, because, I mean, you know, they usually can't get hurt too bad, and they do something, they might topple over. But, you know, there's certain things that seemed good to somebody. It looked, sounded like a good idea. But then you look and you're like, oh my gosh, you're going to try that. But then there's things that just don't look, don't look uh, good at all from the beginning. Well, this is saying there are things that seem good. And if, if people around me, yeah, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's what we should do. But in the end, leads to death. Let's read a few of these. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. In other words, he thinks, yeah, it's a good way. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Notice it's, it's perception. There's things that seem like, yeah, that's, that's what we should do. But man's wisdom. Proverbs uh, 30, 11 says, There's a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There's a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet is not washed from its filthiness. So there, it's talking about, there's people that they think they're pure in their own eyes, or this is a good idea, talking about men's wisdom. And in other words, things are accepted. There are sayings, things that are generally accepted in humanity, that people actually treat like Scripture. And we have to be careful of that. There are things that, if, if you would quote certain things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say a few of them, but we have to judge everything that we hear in light of what does the Bible say. Because, we, you know, one of the definitions of wisdom is generally accepted belief. That doesn't mean it's right. You're right. It could be accepted completely in an area and everybody nods their head and they're all wrong because it contradicts what the Bible said. And so for something to be scriptural, you have to have scripture for it. It has to be the Bible, not somebody's idea. And there's a whole lot of these things. And the only way to interpret Scripture is with Scripture. It's not with some other idea. In other words, there are, there are things that people will say, this, this is true and this is true, and then they'll be like, well, what does the Bible say? But, then, but, but, but this other thing says this, so how do we make the Bible, I mean, how does that reconcile with this other thing? See, that's reverse. 
You don't judge the Bible by what something else said. You judge the other thing by what the Bible said. Somebody says, you know, you read something and it's like, yeah, and it sounds good. And, well, gosh, I mean, but the Bible says this, but, I mean, the Bible says this and it seems to contradict such and such. So, you know, why does the Bible say that? See, that's, that's reverse thinking. That's thinking, I have to somehow make the Bible line up with something else. Well, there is man's wisdom. And then there, or there's man's wisdom, there's God's wisdom, there are men, men's ideas, and then there's God's ideas. And just because a statement is similar in something that sounds like something that is a scripture, if, it do, if the Bible doesn't actually say that, then we throw it out. The Bible is wisdom and truth, not men's beliefs. Here's an example. Be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. That's a, People say that, and if you say that, people will look around and go, yeah. Be true to yourself. That's, yeah. Where did that come from? You know what that's a quote from? It's Shakespeare. In Hamlet. The actual quote is, This above all things, to thine own self be true. And this man is giving a speech to his son when he's going off to college. But people will quote that like it's a Bible verse. Look at Luke 22, verse 41. Now, we could go, you could, you could do this for days, go over these type of things and go through it. Just, just a couple examples. We're just going through, uh, I just want you to see this. We need to think when we hear stuff, why, or, or it, where's the verse that backs that up? Luke 22, verse 41, says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's Jesus. Not my will. Not me, but you. See, did you feel, I mean, when I first said that, there was something, you see, we, we, we hear stuff, and it's like, well, that's true. What does the Bible say? Now, I've, I was just looking for birthday cards not too long ago, and I saw so many of them. I was actually looking for a birthday card for, we were looking at birthday cards for Brianna, and there was so many cards where, because they were to daughters, and saying, daughter, you're this and you're special. You just let the world see what you are, and you just be who you are. Well, the sentiment is, See, self-confidence is one thing. It has to be based on what God has said. It's not self-confidence. It's confidence in who you are in Jesus, through Jesus, in God, is a different thing. You know, we're not, the Bible doesn't say you don't be confident at all, but where is your confidence? But the world has gotten crazy by you just be you, and whatever that is, that's okay. That's not okay. 
You be true to yourself. What's yourself? Do you realize without God, yourself is the nature of the devil? It's not be true to you. What if you have some crazy ideas? Be true to you. Look at all the crazy ideas in the world. A lot of people say, well, that's just me. Does what you say line up with the Bible? Because that's not a scripture. That is not a truth. That's not God's wisdom. You be true to yourself. No, we're supposed to be true to what God has said in His Word. And anything that's in ourselves that's not godly, we're supposed to get rid of it. It's not, it, it's not you do what you do. You know, people say, you be you. Well, okay, I get it. You, you do it the way. There is a truth as far as we have different personalities and stuff, but you don't hold to what you are be true to yourself above what God has said. Because there's a whole lot of that in the world where people have crazy ideas that are clearly unscriptural and people are saying that's okay, they can be them. And it's maybe immoral. It could be crazy in different ways. It's not helping that person, but that's you. You okay? Proverbs 28, 26 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Talking about the wisdom of God. We need to, as we're going through this though, we need to reset our mentality and anything we hear, we need to examine it. What does the Bible say? If stuff comes up, I believe this, I think this. Where did it come from? Well, my mom or dad used to say, or my family. Where did it come from? Does it line up with the word? And if it doesn't, chuck it. We need to look at everything that we think we believe when it comes up. Why do I believe that? And where's the scripture that supports it? If it contradicts scriptures, then we need to do something. We need to get rid of it. And we need to look at what the Bible says about things. In the, the same Proverbs 28, verse 26 in the Amplified Classic, he who leans on, trusts in, and is confident in his own mind and heart is a self-confident fool. But also, but he who walks in skillful and godly wisdom shall be delivered. He who leans on trust and, and is confident in his own mind and heart is a self-confident fool. If a person thinks, I, I'm going to, I'll get it done. I can do it. You know, people have said, I did this. I didn't need the crutch of religion. That's a fool. You haven't lived your life out yet. You don't know evidently what's coming. You don't understand true wisdom. That's foolish. Well, I'm going to do it this way. I don't care what the church says. It's not the church. It's the Bible. What does the Bible say? What does God say? You see a ton of that in the world. If we hold on to that type of thing, we're not holding on to wisdom. Colossians 3.17 says, what, what you do, just a few scriptures just to talk about this as an example, but in the process, we need to, to think about stuff as we see it. Whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So anything you do, doesn't say, do what you want to do. It says, do all in the name of Jesus. Well, if you're going to do it all in the name of Jesus, is it what He would say? Well, that's not, that's my opinion. Well, you can't do it in the name of Jesus, though. Well, I'll just do it because that's the way I feel. That's not the name of Jesus. That's not the Bible. God is not obligated to back up every crazy idea we have. He's only obligated to back up his word. If we're going to walk in God's wisdom, 
What's the first step to walking in God's wisdom? The fear of the Lord. God, what, what you would have to do. What, what would you have? That means, see, that's way different than this is the way I see it. I'm, you may have an opinion, but it needs to be subservient always. Everybody say always. Always to the Lord. Always. So it's not really you. It's you're walking in line with your Lord. If you're a Christian, the, the Lord Jesus, what does he say about it? What does the Bible say? Because he is the Word. Jesus is the Word. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of, of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Praise God. So much in, in our society, it's, it's around me. Me, 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 me. It's about me. You know, you hurt me, or I don't like that. It's about me, my opinion, me. And it's not about God. See, that's, see and if you take that out of it, like we talked about, wisdom goes out the window. True wisdom isn't there. But there's certain, why is that? Because there are certain ideas in society that have gotten passed down and taken root and people think they're true and quote them like they're scripture and they're not. And now they, they start living like this and, and it's, stings go off because it's embedded. The people repeat stuff. It's called culture. The culture is not as godly as it used to be. What was accepted as this is right has moved over here and what would have been an abomination Decades ago now is like, well, that's them. We got we to gotta fight for their right to do this. That's not true. Did you hear me? Why is that? Because people have accepted certain things as true that aren't true. And the sad thing is certain things, it, there are certain things that people will, you quote them, they think they're in the Bible. They have no clue about the Bible. But we as Christians, we have to understand, I'm, I need to walk in what God has said, His wisdom. And in every situation when, in our life, God, I need your wisdom. Okay, well, that means I'm bowing my knee to your idea, not what I think. Well, I don't like that. I don't think that's right. Who cares? People say, I have, an, I have a right to my opinion. No, you don't. Not if you're a Christian. Didn't like that? If you are a Christian, your opinion doesn't mean anything. It is, what does he think about it? And if your opinion contradicts what he said, something's got to change, and it's not going to be him. Your flesh, my flesh, don't like that. But that's God. His wisdom is walking in what he said and bowing the knee to what he said. See, nobody wants to bow the knee to anything. They want what would be considered wisdom. Hey, show me how to do it. Well, the first step is you honor God. Well, I don't believe in God. Well, there's a problem. You do what he said. I don't do what anybody said. I do what I want to say. Well, that's a problem. Well, you know, I want, what, I, want, I want my marriage to be fixed. Well, number one, until you know God, there's certain things that'll work, general principles, but it's not going to ever be like it should be without God. Well, you know, especially for the Christian. Well, I want my wife to do this, or I want my husband to do this. Well, the Bible says this. Well, I don't care. I want it. Well, the first step is, what does God say? 
How about this one? God helps those who help themselves. God helps those who help themselves. Do you know that there was one poll by Barna, 75% of American teenagers said they believe that this was the central message of the Bible. And this topped a poll of one of the most widely known Bible verses. It's not a verse. That's not a Bible verse. You know where it came from. It's in ancient Greek. In ancient Greece, it originated in a lot of different forms as the gods help those who help themselves. It was in one of Aesop's fables. There was Hercules and this guy that broke down with a wagon, and he wanted this thing to be moved, and he prays out to Hercules and says, will you move it? And Hercules responded, the gods help those who help themselves. It's not a verse. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Amplified Classic in Romans 5, 6 says this, While we were still, or while we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves. Can't help yourself. Can't do anything to go back to God and to be saved. See, when you, this idea that if you'll do everything you know to do, then ask God, because that's the way it was. You do what all you do, and then ask God. That's backwards. We're supposed to go to God and completely depend on it. That doesn't mean you don't do anything, but it's subtle. People say, well, of course you know. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah, it, it, but it didn't say do everything and then go ask God after everything has happened. No, we're to put God first. First place. Go to him because the idea that somehow you can do everything and then God will help you is, is an idea that somehow you can do most of it and God will finish it up. That's religion. The, the religions of the world say you get it done. You, you do everything and then, then the gods may help you. That's not Christianity. Christianity is saying, I don't, I don't have anything. I go and bow my knee before you. Now, I'll do what you say I'm supposed to do. I need your help, and I will rely on your strength. The spirit of the world says, bless God, it's my opinion, and I'll get it done. All the stuff that we were talking about, I'll get it done. We'll get her done. There's some things you can't get done. What if you're helpless? What if you're in a place the doctors can't do anything? The lawyers can't do anything for you. You are done. What do you do then? Well, then you go to God. Wait, why didn't you? Maybe, maybe you go to God early, first place, and say, God, I, what? So only when you can't do anything else, then we go to God. See, that's backwards. That's not living as he's our Lord. But this is rooted in, there's a whole lot of 
areas where it's like, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I believe God, but that's kind of over on the side. I actually do it myself, and yeah, you know, I ask God to bless what I say. That's, that's this type of idea. There are religions that believe, they may sound good, but it, there's, it's a subtle difference. If everything were obvious, the devil doesn't come down in a in red suit and horns and pitchfork and say, this is a wrong idea, but I'm selling it to you as the devil. Oh, you don't want to buy it? You know, what if I change pitchforks? Do you want to buy it now? No, it's subtle. If it weren't subtle, you know, m most people, they don't just jump in and become Satan worshippers. Some people do. Well, most people don't. It's subtle. But these things specifically, our, 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 our purpose this morning is not to harp on these things. You could talk forever about these things and go through lots. It's just to say, look, what does the Bible say? I should ask myself the question. Let's read a couple more just on this. I mean, just to finish these scriptures. It says, while we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time Christ died for on behalf of the ungodly. Let's look at the Amplified, just the, the regular Amplified in verse 6. It says, while we were still helpless. Helpless. See, people don't want to admit I'm helpless. I need God. Well, that's a sign of weakness. No, it's not. It's a sign of smarts. It's a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of understanding. That's not weak. That is the smartest thing you can ever do is say, I need a Savior. See, pride wants to say, yeah, but I'm pretty good here and there, but okay, if I need fire insurance, you know, don't go to hell, but I, I'll take it on the earth. No. While we were still helpless, powerless to provide our salvation, at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. So when you're, when you're looking at any belief, you don't interpret the belief, or you don't interpret what the Bible says by the belief. You interpret the belief by what the Bible says. If you see a lot of scriptures that contradict it, you say, well, but this idea is over here in scripture. Okay, but see, it's not the gold standard. What you're trying to do is wedge that idea into the Bible. Because you could take some scripture and say, well, it kind of supports it here. Kind of isn't the same as it being scripture. That means it's a partial truth. Partial truths can be more deadly than flat out lies. In other words, the only way, the way you interpret anything is with Scripture. The way you interpret Scriptures is with Scripture. That means if you have a saying and you can list five Scriptures that contradict it, it's not Scripture. There is idea in it that may be right, but it's tainted. And that's what the problem is with so-called accepted wisdom, is people accept it and will quote it like it's the Bible. It's not the Bible, and they will actually live their life off of it. Uh, Keith Moore shares the, the story that he was talking with somebody and talking to him about a certain issue and this person, you know, giving him scripture and, and things and, and he was not able to get, it was a, I think it was a lady, not able to get through to her 
And, and she was like, well, I don't, I don't really care what the scripture says. It's like the song says. Said, I, you know, I know that Bible, but I, it's like the old song says, and quoted a line from a song as if that were more important than the Bible. Now, not knocking the person, because we just, we need to open uh, or, or uh, be conscious of the fact of certain things that may be dictating decisions. It might be a saying that we grew up hearing all our life. And so we're looking at the Bible, and we're reading that, and the thing that pops up in the back of our head is this quote. And we're trying to reconcile the Bible, but, or we're making a decision in life, and we're thinking this quote comes up. We're not even conscious of it. This is how it's guiding our decision. Well, you know, God helps those who help themselves and, and make a decision. Well, be true to your heart and make a decision. That's not the Bible. What we need to do is replace that with the Scripture and then that is solid ground. That'll actually work. But every one of us has influence of the world in us different places. And through the Spirit of God, He can show us, wait a minute, the way that didn't really work, we're like, well, I don't understand. I mean, this person wrote this song, and you've been, quote, you've been singing it your whole life, and it's like, yeah, that literally guides some people. They get in a rough spot, and they start singing a song. Okay, is the song based on Scripture? Does, is it actually scripture? You know, when we choose songs, there's certain things that it sounds good, man. The, 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 um, the, the music may be awesome, but it's just, it's not lining up with the word. You just, you don't sing it. Because that gets in you. Becomes part of you. John 5.30 says, I can of myself do nothing. That's Jesus. I can of myself do do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus in John 15, 5 said, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me, and I in, that, and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. Does that sound like do everything and then come to me? I'll help you once you've done, does that sound, he said nothing, you can't do anything, that means you come to him and say, Lord, you're my Lord, now what do you want me to do, now I can go forward and do things in the strength of God, but if I go, well, I'm just going to try this, I'm going to do everything, and then God will help me, because that's what the quote says, that's not what the Bible says, Jesus said, you can't do anything, you come to me first, do you see the difference? How about another one? You guys okay? How about you should never, and then this isn't like a saying, okay? This isn't like these other ones, you hear them over and over. But I was talking to one person, and it stuck with me. This was an older person. And um, <clears throat> was talking about something and was like, oh, hate. That's a really strong word. You should never hate. Is that true? Now, you shouldn't hate people, but it's like hate is barred. Never hate. The, the emotion of hate is wrong. That was the sentiment. Is that true? Because in this day and age, everything is called hate. Well, what are you hating? 
what, what is the, not to hate people, but you're not, you're not supposed to hate. You sure about that? Where is the Bible verse that says thou shalt not hate? Proverbs 8, 13. <clears throat> the fear of the Lord is to what? What? What's the word? Hate. What? Evil. The fear of the Lord. What's the fear of the Lord? Reverence, honoring God also means, if you honor God, that automatically means you hate some things. See, people, they'll recoil at this. They'll be like, no, you're not supposed to hate. That's the world we live in. That's not the Bible. That's not God. That's what's accepted as wisdom. And it's not just you don't hate people because you love your brethren. No, you don't hate. They'll tell, when you're hating evil, they'll say, you're hating me. Oh, no. So you can't hate anything. No, the Bible says you're supposed to hate anything that would be opposed to God. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way. Well, what is it? If, if you go against what God has said and, and thumb your nose at the Bible, that is pride and that's arrogance. And there's a whole lot of that in the world. Pride, arrogance. We don't do it. I don't care. All these kind of go together. Well, I'm doing it my way. And you better not, you better not say anything against it because then that's hate. Whoa, wait a minute. You can't call wrong wrong because then I hate you? Wait a minute. So we can't call what's breaking the law breaking the law because I hate you? Can't call something that's immoral immoral because now I'm hating you if I, if I do this? Ingrained in culture. Pride and arrogance in the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Psalm 97.10 you who love the Lord hate evil. <clears throat> he preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the, the hand of the wicked. Psalm 9, 119, 104, Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. That's a strong word, but this is the, this is the Bible. I didn't give you a license to go treat people poorly, but you ought to hate whatever is lawless. Why? Because it will destroy if you love somebody, you hate anything that would hurt them. Is that not true? You ought to. You ought to hate sickness and disease. Sickness and disease will steal. You ought to hate that. Something that would harm your loved ones come in? Poverty. You ought to hate poverty. It's the devil. Lawlessness. Anything that would go against the, the word of God. It says, therefore I hate every false way. Look at Proverbs 6, verse 16. These, things, these six things the Lord hates. Does the Lord hate? Yes, he hates. But he loved, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, we're supposed to be like him. Love what he loves, hate what he hates. Not what somebody said, what the Lord said. How do you know? What the Bible said.
These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven, are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, the one who sows discord among brethren. Listing some things. These are things that the Lord, they didn't say just mildly, they mildly trouble him. It said he hates him. Romans 12, 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. There you go. If it's evil, you abhor it. You cling to what is good. Man's wisdom, God's wisdom. God has given us, through the word of God, his word and directed us in his ways and told us what to do in situations, showed us that uh, yielding to him will lead to life, will lead to health, will lead to goodness in every area. But there are men's ideas that they, they got ingrained in the culture or in cultures at some point. All over the world, there's, there's, place, there's places that certain ideas are accepted in that area. They may not be accepted where you live, but they're accepted in that area, and that's just what people do. But what, is, what does the Bible say about it? And we need to examine that everywhere in our life. Why do I believe that? Every time a thought comes up, why do I believe that? Is that in the Bible? Where is it in the Bible? Why, why would I act on that? Not just, well, it sounded good, because these things can direct us, if we're not careful, in a place where we end up hurting and we think we were following God. We could be thinking something was actually in the Bible. It's not. God will never lead us in a bad place. What's the idea that led us there? His ways are right. His ways are good, His ways are true, and they always lead to life. His wisdom is right. Amen.